This is Sen Morimoto, and you're listening to Vocalo Radio. That joint you hear right there is a brand new joint from Sen Morimoto. It's called Diagnosis. It's off his third upcoming album known as Diagnosis in Chicago. Guess who is in the building with me? If you've guessed it, you guessed it right. Yes, Sin Morimoto is here. Vico, thank you for having me, man. Hey, all, hey it's always a pleasure. It, it is always a pleasure. I know. Um, unfortunately, at at at, at, at I'm sorry, at Pitchfork, you know, we got a chance to chop it up, but things ain't come out how we wanted it to come out. So it's like, you know what? No, we got to get this right. You it's know tough what I'm on saying? the ground there at the fest. You know, you're doing a million things. So yeah, we speaking of us doing a million. You were, but you were doing a million things, man. And and I got a chance to see you hit that stage too. And I'm gonna talk about that in a second, but how you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Uh, new album's coming out in a week. Feels crazy. I've been like gearing up for this for like pretty much this whole year, you know, and yeah. writing and recording it the year before that. So it just feels like surreal for it to finally be happening. You feel any pressure? Always a little pressure, a little nerves, you know, sharing something with people that's kind of very personal. And um, yeah, I'm, but I'm excited. That's kind of the best part I feel like of making music is just seeing what happens once you put it out there, and it's no longer just in your hands it's you know? no longer yours exactly yeah it lives its own life it's like it's like your, your baby in a way you know yep. and then you let it let it crawl and walk its own yeah its make own its own way. mistakes <laughs> <laughs> now i mean with, with the album releasing next week uh you you all put together an exclusive premiere at a drive-in theater we did yeah on sunday we did a, a screening of the music videos and we watched a film that inspired some of the concepts in the music videos and we listened to the whole album for the first time, like everyone in their car with listening to the car speakers. Oh, what I mean, what was what was that like for you? Like as far as like the reaction and the, the people's reaction, like for yourself as well as like seeing the people reaction. Uh, it was really emotional. Yeah, like I I didn't really have time to process it beforehand because we were working so hard to just get everything together. You know, we've been like hustling, not sleeping this week, just like putting the 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 video concept together and everything. And then once it all happened afterwards, everyone was just like laying on the horn the car horn like because you know we're not all in the same space to applaud or whatever and i was just totally taken aback oh so the horns were applied yes yeah there was a big uh yeah <laughs> honk honk it was a lot okay <laughs> that's what i'm talking about honk your horn if you're feeling diagnosis i like that <laughs> yeah. i mean you know i want to ask you too because you said um you, you pretty much had this at a uh, drive-in theater if you could produce a soundtrack right Past or present, mm. what soundtrack, what film would you produce a tra soundtrack for? Wow, okay, so like recreating a soundtrack for a film that I like? Yeah. Jeez, that's a tough question. I don't know. Well, can I think about that for a sec? Yeah. And then I'm going to come back to okay. it because it's going to pop into my head. I, 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 it, it, it dawned on me because I'm like, yo, you just, nobody's ever done like a listening, exclusive listening party before the project even came out at a drive-in. Yeah. I, who what, who thought of, like, how did that thought even come about? Honestly, it came from my partner, Kaina. We had been talking about, um, you know, listening parties, how, like, they're kind of weird events. Like, you, you listen to the record, people want to come together and celebrate, so it's kind of a party, so you don't really listen to the music. But then also, like, depending on what kind of music you make, after the album's done, people are hanging out, and it's like, what do you play? Like, especially, it's like, this record's kind of like a political kind of rock weird jazzy rock record and so like if we hang out at a club listen to the record and then listen to like club music it's kind of like just a weird match of vibes so i was talking to her about how my favorite way to listen to the record is in the car mm -hmm. 
-hmm. feels like a personal space and you're kind of like inside the music and she was like if you do it at a drive-in everybody will hear it in the car and that just was so exciting to me so and you gotta play it over a radio signal too yeah exactly (laughs) at the same time as everyone else so it's like it's really synced up in an interesting way and it's just super nostalgic being at the drive-in, you know, and and also then you get to watch the music videos. So, yo, that that's that's inspiring and touching. I'm pretty sure somebody else is gonna probably take your idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, credit to Kaina and, <laughs> and good luck because that that was actually a lot of work. <laughs> I bet, I bet, man. Uh, let's talk Pitchfork because Pitchfork is, if I'm not mistaken, that was like your first time performance on a solo under the solo act. So. You know, how was that for you? It was amazing. Yeah, I had done the fest a couple times playing for Kaina, for Namdi, who owns Super Records with me. Uh, I played with La 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 La. And so I'd been going to that fest a lot. It's one of my favorites in the city. Um, especially just, it's just like the right size, I feel like, for a festival. It's like still small, but it's really exciting. And it feels like everybody who works in music gets to like meet up and see everyone they haven't seen all year. Um, so it was really, really special to get to do my own set. I've also been going to that fest since I was like, 17 so i was like i've been going for like 12 years now it's really really wild to be able to go do that and pitchfork has wrote about you several times yeah they even talked about uh diagnosis album when you released your first single so they've been hip to you and also i I gotta ask you too like when performing at festivals is the preparation different than performing in a venue yeah for sure it's like the scale is different and so thinking about how you're going to connect with the audience um is really different, you know, especially also thinking about how folks are like at the fest who don't really know your music. So it's not like I can come out and be like, sing this part with me. You know, it's kind of harder to connect with folks in that way. So definitely thinking more about like how to present this to someone as if it's the first time they're ever hearing your music. That's Yeah, you did your thing, man. You was up there. The whole, everybody, the whole crew, the instrumentation was amazing. I got that just in time, and I couldn't be happier. So let's tap into Diagnosis. Uh, Would you like to give people a tad bit background on on the single? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Diagnosis is the title track of the record, and uh, it's sort of about analyzing the ways in which capitalism affects every part of our lives, you know, from our work to our personal lives. And, uh, yeah, the videos similarly about the same topics. It's kind of a wild one. This is a diagnosis, and it's a catch-22. You live a long life doing what you have to do. To my knowledge, Super Records was created in 2016. Um, it is now 2023, my brother. Yeah. Uh, you all been you all been around kicking it, doing what you do. So I mean, what was the initial like? behind putting together Super Records? Yeah, so um, my friends Namdi and Glenn started Super together uh, before I joined in, actually, uh, just as a small tape label to try and get artists in the scene an outlet to put their music onto, you know, something to kind of bring that DIY community together and be able to release something on a platform because there's not a ton of opportunities like that in Chicago specifically, you know. Um, no, it's not. And then after doing that for a while, so I joined in with them and it, we've started focusing more on doing, uh, you know, like fewer releases, but really putting like all our effort, all of our resources, you know, calling in every favor for each record, trying to really get some things off the ground in Chicago that, you know, 
didn't have the same resources as like a you know artist in LA or New York might be able to go find these things you know mm-hmm. um, and that's still to this day like our main mission you know we work with a lot of artists who are putting out their first debut full you know LP and and we're always just trying to lift them up to a place where they can get to the next thing you know um, up until this point we've been working in a way where it's like we just uh, sign artists for like one record. We work on one project together and hopefully it gets them to a point where they can work with a bigger label even, you know. So it's not really about like locking people into a deal in the same way that a lot of labels operate and more so just about trying to get folks off the ground in Chicago. That's a great approach. And then also knowing that you're an artist yourself, you know, like you're an artist yourself and then you're also co-founder of a record label. How How is that for you, you know, balancing the two? Yeah, uh, it's difficult sometimes, you know. I think, <clears throat> oh, I didn't use the cough button. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult, though, because, you know, I think there's this idea a lot of people have that, like, you can't really think about the business side of the music industry while you're trying to be creative because they sort of, like, contaminate each other or something. But at the same time, I feel like artists more and more have to do everything themselves, you know. Like, everyone's becoming independent in in many ways in the industry where we have to learn how to do everything everyone has to wear all the hats you got to be your own content creator you got to be your own label you got to do your own everything you know everyone's a producer and a songwriter and so I think in one way it's it's sort of been helpful to me to fully embrace that and be like I can learn everything I need to know about how my music is going to be you know used essentially like what's going to happen to my music after it leaves my hands so that I can at least be aware of how that works you know mm-hmm. it's it's maybe like blissful ignorance to not know how you know the marketing of it the PR aspect of everything is going to go for your art but uh, I don't know I just don't want to live in that ignorance I'm, I guess <laughs> also it I feel like it takes away the bad practices from how not all labels but how some of these labels treat artists like with you being an artist yourself you know i don't want to be treated like that so i'm not going to treat other artists this way under this label like this these we're going to practice good clean practices so yeah absolutely like working with super i mean at first i didn't learn stuff like that because with super it was you know we're all friends and we're all musicians so it naturally was a pretty like healthy space in that way but once we sort of had some records that did well and we started partnering up with other companies and stuff like we got to see a lot of how the music industry works and there's definitely stuff that we're just like oh yeah we're not we're definitely not doing it that way you know mm-hmm. um and even just the main thing for us is just sharing information like i feel like it's so difficult for artists to know when something is fair or if they're being taken advantage of in a deal or if like something they're being offered is like comparable to what they should be getting offered for that work um and our main thing has always just been like as artists and as small labels, we need to be sharing all this information and cross-checking notes so that we can know how to defend ourselves, really. And y'all independent, yeah. which is powerful because it's like you all are making major moves. Every one of y'all, you, Kaina, Namdi, like, can you also break down a couple other artists that's under the label that I, of course, may have missed? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of folks from a similar sort of Chicago scene, uh, Luke Titus. Um, we did, uh, Alicia Walters, uh, and I don't know. Yeah. We're always, oh, Cisco Swank just did a record with Luke Titus as well. Who's a, uh, New York based artist. So we're sort of branching out of the just Chicago realm, but it's all 
it's all sort of friends of friends and similar network of musicians we meet through doing sort of these out-of-the-box records that are hard to define in one genre. Genre bending. And, I mean, I heard you mention partnerships because uh, with your upcoming album, uh, Diagnosis, I noticed that, you know, you partner with City Slang. So as of now, like, has balancing things been more efficient with your partnership with, with City Slang? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely... Um, it's just been a huge learning experience. You know, they've been around for a long time. They're like a, a legendary label based in Berlin. Um, and and meeting those folks, it was interesting. It kind of felt like we could meet people who were, you know, did what we did 20, 30 years ago and see where that led them, you know. Um, and so it just felt really cool to connect with people that are come from the same sort of DIY background but turned it into a, a real label, you know. And you say Berlin? Yeah, they're based in Berlin. They they uh they have recently opened up offices in New York, so they're sort of okay. working on working with American <laughs> artists, you know. But yeah, I you know uh, when I met the whole label, I I was on a tour in Europe, so it was like I went to their office, and it was like yeah, sort of like whoa, this is crazy. These are the folks I'm like partnering with. I'm in a totally like culture shock I, state. I, <laughs> I mean, what what was what was more shocking for you at that moment? Um, I think well, I mean, the interesting thing is just like. You know, I, I almost feel bad like everyone's speaking their second language to work on this record, you know, and so like trying to meet in the middle of like understanding each other is really interesting sometimes. But it's really sweet because they just they really care about the music. They're really passionate about it. And just seeing folks who have been in the industry that long and still have that love for the core of what it's all about is really inspiring. Now, before I tap into this next single that's uh, on Diagnosis, um, I mean, how has City Slang helped the, the process of your, your upcoming album in general? Uh, they've been great. I mean, they just have a large larger team than, like, we've been able to have. So using everything we've learned, um, you know, with Super and all of us as artists individually, sort of combined with their experience and their team of folks who work on things is, has been a great partnership. Now, um, if the answer isn't love, this record is beautiful, by the way. Thank it's you. deep. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you break down how the how the record was created? Yeah. Uh, if the answer is in love, is is uh, partially about uh, climate change. Actually, it's sort of not just uh, specifically climate change, but also just everything in the globe sort of feeling finite, you know, and and our own uh, our own part in sort of pushing society towards the end of maybe our ability to live on this planet. And questioning really, like, at the end of it all, what is going to make it feel like it was worth it, you know? And and it's funny, like, I've, I really do believe that it's, like, this this hard-to-describe feeling. And, you know, the best word you have for it is love. And, and maybe that's, like, God to some people. Maybe that's the same thing. And if it's not that, then I just, I don't think I want to figure out what it is. When the road lifts This is Sen Morimoto, and you're listening to Vocalo Radio. Love that record right there. It's a beautiful record, man. Thank you, man. I was jamming it in the car earlier, had it on repeat, um, and I was thinking about how, like, you've had Diagnosis out for pre, I want to say pre-ad for almost for a while. Yeah. I've never seen any artist, you know, like, strategize that way. So how effective has it been for you to strategize in that type of way? It's been cool, you know, I feel like, you know, everything moves so fast these days, it's hard to feel like you get to present your work for longer than, like, one scroll through the timeline, you know what I mean? And so just trying to stretch it out and be like, 
releasing songs slowly, you know, once every couple months and, and really taking the time to put together a visual side of it that, that feels really intentional and hoping to connect with each release has been hopefully effective. I don't really know yet. You know, it's been, it's, I'm experimenting still. I feel like everybody is. And that's kind of the crazy part about the industry right now is that I feel like from the professionals who've been in the game for 30 years to the people just starting out who are able to just hop on TikTok or whatever and figure it out themselves, like everybody has the same amount of access to, you know, A lot what of works. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you, you're doing it the right way because people tend to stop promoting their stuff after a certain amount of time. And it's like, nah, you want to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Yeah. And that's exactly what you've been doing throughout the year. Yeah. And it's uh, like that uh, Tyler, the creator interview, he talks about that too. He's like, I don't know why everyone's too embarrassed to share their work. Like you spend your whole life making this stuff. You dedicate your literal life to making this art. So, you know, be proud of it and try to get it out there. With diagnosis, one thing I would say, I think about a lot of different terms when I hear diagnosis, but specifically what's the first thing that come to your mind when you hear the term diagnosis? Doctors. <laughs> Sketchy doctors. <laughs> Mistrust. I think my my dad was always like, I don't trust doctors. I was trying to take my money. So like, I guess distrust. <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, as a kid, I'm like, Dad, you got to go to the doctor, bro. <laughs> my dad was the same way. Yeah. Did not like doctors at all. This might be a generational thing or, you know, immigrant family thing. It's like, who is this man trying to tell me I need to spend this money on da 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 da? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was not expecting that answer, seeing at all. I mean, what? So, in general, um, this title, uh, the title, diagnosis. Um, you know, what's the meaning behind things? Uh, you know, for this record, I felt like you know, in the past, I had spent so long working on music alone, trying to figure myself out. A lot of it was just like psychoanalyzing my own stuff, you know. And and this record, I really tried to flip the lens around and sort of comment on what I was seeing going on in the world and the systems we live under. So ultimately what I came to was diagnosis is just like the takeaway from all that, you know. How does this album differ from your past? So, you know, your your debut album was Cannonball. Mm -hmm. and then you released your self-titled album. Yeah. And now we finally get your third album, uh, Diagnosis, as of next week. So yeah. how does things differ? I mean, like I was saying, I guess like lyrically, they they totally flipped around for diagnosis. Like I had been so in my own head thinking about my own experience, what was wrong with me, you know, and this album is so much more about like what's wrong with the the way the world works and the systems we live under. But even sonically, it really flipped in, the, in a similar way, which is funny. It wasn't really intentional, but I ended up working on the record with uh, my bandmates like Ryan Person, Michael Cantella, Kaina, and um, Brock Mende at Friends of Friends Studios. And we we really came together to play the music how we would live, you know? And so the record really sonically does the same thing where it shifts from this super personal world I was living in, producing everything myself, to a more communal and outward-facing record sonically. In today's time, if you were president or anything, if you could make a change, what change would that be? Oh, my God. Instantly, ceasefire in Gaza right now. I mean, that's an easy one, but... But it's it's wild, you know, like all these things have been going on for so long and it's just one moment pops and suddenly it's like on social media everywhere. So everyone has the attention for it, which is great, but it's so hard to sustain that. Like the news cycle moves so quickly. And, you know, this conflict has been going on for decades at this point, but uh, it's only now that there's enough attention moving around that we can all kind of collectively make some noise and action about it. Um, and that's the difficulty. It's so weird to like write an album about 
all of this sort of corrupt and and problematic systems of capitalism and imperialism and war all over the world and then you know find that the next day something can happen again that just proves the point yeah like yesterday something happened i believe it was a, a mass shooting in maine so yeah i mean yo, 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 everywhere yeah every day your it's, album is right on time brother right right on time kind of sad but uh, yeah, it, yeah it is I, I, but i guarantee you your music will be therapeutic for many you know uh that's facing hard times right now which song did you have the most fun putting together on this album Ooh, i don't know uh maybe uh, there's a track called what you say at the at the top of the um the b-side which features our drummer ryan person um and he takes a solo on it that's just noise. It's nonsense. It's all over the place. And sort of trying to get him into a comfortable place, feeling like he could just be wild and, and not think so much. He's he's an incredible drummer. He's a very technical drummer. And so he, he knows how to land on the one every time and just being like, it doesn't matter. Just set set yourself free. Like, play whatever you want. That was really, really fun to, See, to do in the studio together. You know, that's real. You're an instrumentalist yourself. So if you're giving somebody they credit, you mean it. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And the whole time I was thinking, there's a famous story of uh, Miles Davis working on some record. He's talking to his guitarist. And right before the take starts, he whispers in his ear, like, play it like you don't know what the F you're doing. Mm. And that feeling is like what I'm trying to do on the whole record. A lot of the takes with the band are like first, second take. And we're just like, I'm like, sort of conducting as we're going for the first time live uh, to get that urgency, that feeling like you don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, hopefully some of that translates into the record. I feel like it will. And also, I mean, uh, which song on the album made you realize that you've grown as an artist? Oh, I don't know. Maybe uh, For Scythia is the second to last track. It's the only song that's in uh, English and Japanese. So I'm always trying to get better at that sort of translation within a song and I always feel like it's sort of two voices speaking to each other and that one specifically is sort of about growing up and uh, looking back and, and your perspective shifting as you get older so I definitely get that sense of uh, having grown when I listen back to it. Can you say that title one more time? It's called Forsythia which is a type of tree, uh, it's a plant that grew outside of my parents house growing up and uh, yeah there's coincidentally one at my apartment in Chicago now so like when I look at it I'm like whoa I, I go <laughs> sort of like a uh, galaxy brain mode about my whole life oh that's wow yeah <laughs> how ironic I mean uh also as we wrap things up you're performing at Talia Hall yes I'm so excited for this show it's gonna be wild you should be I mean number one I mean what what makes this performance special for you in the, in the first place well it's very rare that I get to play the music as it's arranged on the album with the full band, you know, it's really difficult to get a, a band that size together. So we're playing with a seven piece with like, you know, we got three horns, two guitars, bass, drums, extra vocals, uh, keys. And so you can hear like every sound that's on the record. And it's so difficult to do that when you make records that have, you know, this super layered stacked sound. And so just getting to even do that live feels almost impossible. So I'm really excited for that. But also the bill that we put together is really exciting to me. And Helica Garcia is coming from New York to play. It's like one of my favorite artists right now. Neptune's Core is this amazing young rock band starting out in Chicago. Um, and it's so exciting to me that there is this new wave of young rock and rollers in the city. I think that's so cool. So I'm just really excited for all those worlds to come together. On the 25th. That's right. November. 
celebrating. Look, Thanksgiving, and he's giving thanks to all his supporters and fans on the 25th. That's a Saturday as well. And two days before my birthday. So if you don't come, I'll never forgive you. What? <laughs> <laughs> Your birthday. Oh, so you plan this thing? You plan an album drop to the to the performance? You you plan this out like perfectly? <laughs> it's kind of a coincidence, but it worked out perfectly. Wow. Yeah, because you ain't lie. Booking venues sometimes can go left or right. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't get my choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to let people know where they could purchase tickets as well as uh, how they can follow and stay in tune with you as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you follow me at sen underscore morimoto on Instagram, sen morimoto everywhere. Uh, you'll find links to the tickets at tallyhall.com and in my bio and all that. Please come through, check it out. I'm really excited to do this one for Chicago in the city. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>